Hey. This is Wheel Talk Seattle. Hey, how's it going? All right, Colin and Matt are here. We've got a couple guests with us. Yes, we do. So we're at the Copper Tree Cafe, or Coffee House in North Capitol Hill. We have with us uh, Chris Priest and Lolly Kunkler, uh, the founders of Safe 35th. Uh, they are a group of people who support safety improvements along 35th Avenue Northeast, which is a busy arterial street connecting the neighborhoods of Lake City, Maple Leaf, and University District. Mm -hmm. The avenue underwent a major repavement project this year using the city's transportation budget and the design leading up to the construction was for a protected bike lane traveling north and an unprotected bike lane moving south downhill. These bicycle lanes were on the bike master plan for Seattle. And it was a plan that, that took hundreds of hours of community engagement, volunteer hours, and lobbying efforts to secure. And 35th Avenue Northeast was identified as a street that should include bicycle infrastructure improvements. However, yet, what we now have is possibly a more dangerous road after repavement and lane pain on the road. No bike lanes have been constructed. Travel lanes have been widened, encouraging faster speeds. A set lane was introduced instead of bike lanes. Some dubs it, some dub it the Durkin Speedway, named after our Seattle mayor, Jenny Durkin. As the one to appoint the director of Seattle Department of Transportation uh, and with the mayor's hands-on involvement with the neighborhood's conflicting interests, uh, she has had to accept some responsibilities for the numerous crashes taking place on the street now and with people being hospitalized because of it. This corridor is in the, is in the northeastern part of Seattle and it is like a case study for the entire city. As we have seen injuries related to car crashes, the highest that we have seen in almost a decade now. Uh, fortunate for us, we have Chris and Lolly here to help inform us about uh, with what occurred during this year leading up to construction, how the decision to scrap the bike plans maybe came about, and what has happened since in, in, in the interim. So welcome to the show, Chris and Lolly. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. Matthew. Yeah, Thank welcome. You for both being here. Thank you. So, yeah. So again, yeah. Thanks for being here and talking with us about this. Um, before we delve deep in all this and uh, all the conflict, um, we hope to like get to know you both a little bit more. So, can you each like tell us about yourselves and maybe how you how you two met? Sure. Yeah. Let's um, go first. We met at a civil engineering firm actually that was that did one of the original bicycle and pedestrian master plans, and so um, like it's called fishing off the company pier. Yes, I. Um, I helped write those original documents, and then Lolly's a civil engineer, and so, um, yeah, we started dating whilst we were there. Um, we've just always been cyclists and pedestrians, and, I mean, we have a car, but we go weeks and weeks without using and that kind of stuff. And for us, honestly, the um, we were sort of in and out of this whole thing that started really back in 2010 when the community started coming together and trying to figure out what they wanted to do with 35th Avenue, and so we would kind of go to public meetings and do different things but we've gotten involved in a couple other things like prop one we went in door to door and did some phone calling and stuff so any kind of the big transportation stuff we've tried to get involved just to try to improve the city um, but then for 35th we um, went to a, all the public meetings and any of the big stuff especially when they came out for the bicycle master plan which i think was in 2016 um, just because we have we've lived in this that neighborhood for almost 20 years and so or no 15 years or something like that so um we've always wanted 35th to be a little bit safer for people and stuff like that i um personally helped pull a 16 year old boy out from underneath of a car that had overturned as he, he came off 35th too fast onto 52nd 
And so we had to pry the door open and pull him out. So 35th, and then our neighbors have had their fences run over. We have friends that have lost um, mirrors and that like kind. It's just it's just a busy, crazy road um, that was. I don't know, over-designed? It was like, people just go so fast along it. So, for, I don't know, for a long, long time we've talked about improving it, so. Fantastic. Thank you. And Lolly, how about, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? You're a civil, civil engineer yeah, as well. Yeah, so I, I'm a civil engineer and I do stormwater and transportation design. Um, uh, and I've been doing that for about 20 years, I guess. Yeah. Thanks. Oh. Um, and we, uh, yeah, we have, so we've lived in the neighborhood. I've actually lived in the neighborhood for about 20 years. Um, Chris for about 15, so we're really familiar with the the roadway changes um, and how um, sort of an increase in population and uh, mm. access to different. There's been a lot of phases of public transportation um, for the Wedgwood, Ravenna, Bryant neighborhoods um, over the course of the last two decades. You know, various bus systems, and then of course the train came in. So, um, and I had the opportunity to sort of see the evolution of of bicycling having originally come to Seattle and lived in the Roosevelt neighborhood, which I feel like had a little bit more infrastructure a little sooner. Um, so, um, yeah, so we, I, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a cyclist. I would consider myself a person who rides to bike, <laughs> rides to work on a bike. Okay. Um, I own no spandex, none at all. Um, none required. None required. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't look good in it, but, um, but I do ride every, you know, every day we run our errands. We have, um, uh, we take our dogs on our bikes, which makes me particularly, um, uh, I guess, conscientious about the way that I ride. Um, I, I take out the earbuds and focus on, you know, you should never ride with earbuds in. That's so one of the rules. Some of, of us do. But to, to all the bike riding community, please do not run red lights because yes. it makes... It makes people really mad, so don't do it. It's really hard not to, but don't do it. I just wanted to say that. I wanted to get that plug. <laughs> so, yeah. So you okay? So you two met, started dating when you were working on Bike Master Plan. Is that right? Well, Did I get that right? I was actually not on the BMP. Oh. I was not working on the BMP at the time, but I was doing transportation. So our firm did the original BMP and then the BMP rewrite. Um, and actually, uh, the team of people, the, there's a consulting team and an S, S dot team that work together to produce. Um, the research and the drawings for 35th Avenue Northeast and the company that worked with, um, S dot, she had the girl, the girl that sort of led that was an original Arthur of the bicycle master, master plan. So she's very knowledgeable. Um, and her team is very knowledgeable. Uh, and of course S dot has a lot of really savvy civil engineers. So, um, it was really a well thought out put together team that, that put that design together. And so we were really disappointed that there was suddenly so much pushback. Right. Um, from people who don't do engineering designs and don't right. have any qualifications. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I guess the real pressing question is, like, who who uh, initiated the contact between you two? Like, who who introduced themselves? Oh, I don't know. Oh. We did not start dating when we worked together. We started dating after we worked together. I just want to make that clear. Okay. Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> I was like a technical editor <laughs> slash marketing writer record. there, and yeah. so uh, that's why I worked on the the bicycle master plan. And they just wanted me to help write it, so it sounded all right. And then, um, I don't, yeah, we just started dating. And then I actually changed, went over to an architecture and urban planning company because she was the civil engineer, and it seemed like probably I should be the one that changed jobs. So. <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> yeah. Great, great love story. Yeah, really. it, was, it was fun to work. Real romance. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, in a message, we we connected over Messenger, mm -hmm. and uh, 
and uh, I invited you on, and uh, you said that um, that you and Lolly, is that right, were the some of the co-founders of Safe Thirty Fifth, right? Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. So, so my sister Robin and her husband live on Thirty Fifth Avenue, not too far from us, and um, we do a lot of dog walking and. Mm and beer drinking so we had seen some anti-bike lane signs come up which we were surprised because we'd been to the public meetings there'd been a lot of support um, for bicycle infrastructure for pedestrian improvements and so we saw those signs go up and so we sort of pulled together some resources and put some signs up and then it was a few days later Mm -hmm. uh, maybe even a few weeks that Chris got contacted through the Facebook page that we put up and there had been the a whole... The Urbanist, actually, was, was the... The Urbanist? The Urbanist yeah. was the one that kind of connected us. There was already another Yeah, there'd group been, like, a whole other group that didn't know, but they'd mm. seen the signs come up, and yeah. so they were like, how do we get a hold of these people? The signs don't have any information except support the safety improvements. So then they finally found us, and their group was much larger than four drunks. So, <laughs> so we ended up teaming up, and um, really, really great, yeah. really great people. So, yeah, there's been... There's, like, probably 20 people that are really the founders of it. We okay. just went out almost gorilla and went like well we've got to have some show that the communities actually there are people in the community that really do support this because we've been working on it for since 2012 and it was really the businesses that had started the red sign thing the safe save 35th um, and then they they put some door hangers on people's stores mm-hmm. that were completely misleading like that 60% of all parking was going to disappear we still to this day have they've never been able to tell us how they got that that number um, that I think it was 400 more cars a day traveled on the road than what SDOT estimated. We cannot figure out where they got that number. They've never been able to tell us that either. And so their door hangers were completely misleading. And so we just thought, okay, we need to rebut this or whatever. So we took it upon ourselves. Like I designed that sign right there and the signs that you see and then all of our door hangers in InDesign at work. And then we'd like, you know, clandestinely print them out. And then we, on weekends, we'd just go and plaster our neighborhood. And then um, there was a bunch of people that would come and like tear them down. And so then we'd like, well, you know, F you, we're gonna, so we'll put them back up or whatever. And um, every time we did it, though, it was awesome. We'd meet new people and we'd get in debates with them or educate them. Mm-hmm. And we'd um, uh, get like more allies and that kind of stuff. And then one of the big things that we did, which I always think is fascinating, is right when this all started happening we delivered to every single business that had a red sign up a package of information that was all studies on how bike lanes help businesses mm-hmm. and can improve things or at least have a net um net zero net zero effect and we never heard us we put contact information like hey we're people that live in the neighborhood this is these are your neighbors oh, yeah. we never heard a, not a single business ever re- re- tried to reach out and talk to us mm-hmm. So it was, it was never really like a dialogue. So we, um, but we felt very motivated. Like I said, the community had come together in 2012 and put together a really, really impressive vision for 35th. The number one thing that they wanted was better pedestrian facilities. Number two was bicycle facilities. Number three was parking. So we all went along and did this whole process and we, they hired, they got, they did so well, they won a neighborhood grant and they hired two consultants, a civil engineering firm and an urban planning firm to help them develop these plans and these ideas. And so we went to all these meetings and it was interesting, like we were at a, um, the Unitarian church up there on 35th and ahead of us were like six people and behind us was a handful of the people. And there was a nice booth for, but that SDOT had explaining the changes and then the, with the bicycle master plan, not a single person agreed to sign up for the um, news or information or whatever. So. 
Um, yeah, it was mainly like the businesses that really, really started this whole red, like we don't want it. Um, and a lot of that was because they didn't know that it was happening until the paving project was like on the books. Right. Okay. So there were so there had been there been years that it led up to the that it led up to this, and you were saying that most of the time you were meeting um, folks as you were canvassing throughout the neighborhood too. What were some of the like positive responses that you heard? Oh, there was one time when we had um, we had done the handwritten letter first. Our first approach was to do the handwritten letter to the businesses and ask them to contact us and be like, oh, you might be frightened, but this is going to be okay, and the community wants it. Then we got no responses, so then we started with the signs. Mm. And um, we had the letters still, letters to just local neighbors when we came past. And so we were walking down 35th, and there was a a young couple with their their young toddler, and they were unloading the car. And I was like, hey, I just wanted to give you this letter about the um, safety improvements along 35th. And the dad turns and goes, I don't want the letter unless you're going to put in some bike lanes. And I was like, yeah, you can have my letter. <laughs> I'm not going to put the bike lanes in because it's not my job. But likely, I hope you will support it and put the sign up. Because you would give the sign up with like a little letter, like what you would be supporting if you put this up. And they, they put it up. So um, we saw a lot of um, um, p- young families and then people who were... Uh, Older mobility impaired, mm-hmm. um, yes, s- seeming to have a lot of interest um, in the safety improvements for sure. Uh, there was um, definitely some negative responses from the businesses, mm-hmm. uh, like very negative responses from some of the businesses, and kind of insulting. We don't have um, to say names, but what, like, what were some of the really, really uh, we were called terrible liars things we were and fake I, news? And I got called a lesbian, which isn't an insult, so I didn't really understand that. Yeah. But whatever. I got okay. I got called a ragged cunt, which is my line, so that made me mad. Yeah. One of our, our, our Robin Lolly's sister was called nasty and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Some guy wrote, like, said she was nasty. But, in an email, wrote her that she was nasty. Yeah. And there was a lot of the stuff on social media, but it was really funny because when you'd actually tra- talk to the people, they would completely retreat. So, like, you'd be like, why am I lying? You know, I know you. I saw you on Facebook, you know, s- s- attempt to tell me that I was lying. So explain to me how I was lying. And they'd be like, well, I don't really want to. <laughs> You know, and you were like, because you have no facts and no statistics whatsoever. But um, the really one of the really really nice things about it when we were hanging up signs and stuff is we met people that aren't they're, they're college students that don't have cars, and so every day they have to get to the University of Washington. Well, they can't take the Burke Gilman Trail. Thirty fifth is how you get to the University of Washington, right? right. Or um, we met a nice woman who lives on the in the apartments on sixty fifth. She has um, mobility impairments and pushes a cart up to the QFC or Safeway. She has lost four carts in like the last 10 years because the cars hit them and so for her it was just like yeah this road is crazy people come whipping out of their um their driveways and stuff i had um a few years ago i was running along 35th and this woman pulled out of her driveway was looking down at her phone and didn't realize i was there until i started pounding on her hood Mm. so um everyone kind of came up and had their stories so the people that supported the safety improvements were really the people that lived on 35th or lived in the community that like needed to walk and needed to like bike and stuff like that or people that were just really conscientious and had done some of the research and realized that the bike lanes weren't just about giving protected places for cyclists to be which is very important but also that they have a drastic effect on improving safety for all people that use it because they they close down they shorten the the amount space between so people pedestrians and they um calm traffic because of and all that and you can speak better to that kind of stuff than i can but i mean i'm not suggesting that we use cyclists or people who ride bikes as buffers but um you know but more infrastructure on the road including just 
you know, residential streets with cars parked on both sides, that's a really great way to slow people down. I mean, I know people mm-hmm. don't prefer that, but... Um, there is a lot of street parking in Wedgwood, like oh my off, God. off the arts, you know, you know, there's, so there's, <laughs> that's what blows my mind. There's, I think 660 parking spots, not, not in the public right of way on, on, just on the private uh-huh. sites, every single business, except for the Jasper apartments has private parking, a business, the Jasper apartments have private parking. And one of those businesses that doesn't have private parking had a safety sign. They're like, we want the improvements. Mm-hmm. We don't care about the parking. And it was funny because we had some interactions with people. In fact, one of the guys that's on them, uh, the community supporting the safety improvements had received information from the, the anti-safety group. And um, it, he'd read it, and it had frightened him, and he was angry, and he wrote the mayor. And then when I was going through the public, um, you know, you can you can see all the emails, right? You can ask for them. So we asked for him, and we read him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's infiltrated our group. He's anti-bike lane. What? You're like, I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I yeah. kept scrolling through the emails, and then he's a couple more emails from the emails to the mayor. Hey, I've had a change of heart because I see what safety improvements can do. And it was really cool. It was, I mean, wow. he literally... The, the 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 language that they used in their flyers and stuff was really it was pretty scary and mm-hmm. and it's especially well they showed up work, at churches you know, and yeah all sorts and working of stuff too. working in a little bit working in public we do um, a lot of public outreach obviously it's Seattle it's yeah, yeah it's so much GD process yes. and we do a lot of public outreach and so we see we hear a lot of the kind of scary language that people use to frighten people not just for bicycle infrastructure but all kinds of stuff um, and so when I read it to me it seemed less scary because I knew it was rhetoric rhetoric right right, right. but I can but then I put myself in his shoes and he's like he doesn't do that he's he's like a, a school teacher or something and um you know we saw somebody we saw somebody tell a family that had come out of the synagogue he it was a it was a, a older guy and a lady and they were like taking signatures outside the synagogue to fight the imp- safety improvements yeah. and they told them that if the safety improvements went in their children would have to cross 35th to get to school and it would be very dangerous and they would be killed. Oh, so, wow. okay. Well, that does this. not geometrically no, make no. any sense, no. right? So these, uh, so th- their arguments weren't really like well, it was insane. valid or well, with I mean, back up with statistics. Well, there was there, more. One of them was that the, the school buses would have to stop and then the kids would have to be deposited into 35th. Yeah, it was very bizarre. And so was their, their argument was that because the bike lanes would be over here, the buses wouldn't be able to stop wherever they you know normally would be. But it's just a misunderstanding of okay. how the and one of the problems we had was whenever we would correct them or like. Like ask them questions um, about this, the information that they, they were using, they didn't change. So once you corrected them, rather than go, oh, we're wrong, you know, we're not going to lose 60% of our parking, they just kept pressing that and kept pressing that. So it was a really, really interesting, like, kind of study in them knowing full well that they're pushing crap, but they know it works, so they're just going to keep doing it. Okay. So, yeah. It was tricky. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, how do you, um, yeah, I guess um, counter that when there's such a, it, it's, I don't know, when there's so much like a certain a lot of fear of and anger that make people more anger just keep pushing. Fear I mean, you know, when you out. feel really passionately about yeah. something and then suddenly you realize you're wrong and you just keep arguing anyway. Mm-hmm. Everybody does that. Sure, yes. Yeah, so we, you know, uh, a little, uh, I was speaking with like these three women outside of the donut shop maybe, or I think it was right by the donut shop. And um, they had they had confronted me because they you know recognized me or something I don't know, and um, and so That's I was a small oh community. yeah I'm in a small community or whatever and they said we you know we see you have put signs up and we don't 
we want to support our parking. There's people that are mobility impaired and, and we need to have parking for them. And I said, well, there's private parking lot. Every business on the whole 35th has a private parking lot. And the one woman in the middle goes, well, I have a private business and I don't have a private parking lot. And I go, oh, do, are you in the Jasper Apartments? She goes, no. And I said, then you have a private parking lot. And she goes, oh. I do not. And then the other two women on either side of her just sort of stood there. And then I don't remember the girl's name, but they, they turned, kind of looked at her. And she's like, Angie, you have 12 spots. Like, it was super funny. <laughs> oh and then the woman was like, you know, it was like, she, she, I knew my facts. Yeah. She yep. hadn't expected me to know that. She thought if she pushed back, I would falter. Or maybe she didn't mm. even think about it. But it was really funny because then the two women on the outside, like, didn't want to lie. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I changed her mind or anything, but no. it was just funny to catch them. It was just, yeah. it, it was just very dishonest, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so, so you caught them or yeah. their friends even caught them. Yeah. And, and I think that was, I, I think what I wish, what I wish is that I think that there is very legitimate concerns about the loss of parking for, for people who are mobility impaired and use vehicular methods of travel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I thought was missing from the conversation and which the, anti-safety group didn't want to have was the conversation about how can we make sure that we have ADA compliant access mm-hmm. in the public right of way and on the private sites, particularly yeah. at the synagogue, particularly at the um, churches. church churches, right. Um, library. Yeah. Right. Or like the billion empty spots in the Safeway parking lot. Maybe we can, you know, Bogart some of those that are closer to the sidewalk or whatever. Yeah. And, we're, and they were just not interested. They were like, Nope, screw you. I, I need my parking. This is, you know, and I'm just... Right. Like, it's like, that's exactly what we're talking about. Your parking. Your, like, like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like it, was, it, was, it, was, it was just, I don't know. And we see that. I mean, I've seen that a lot. I was at a, at a public meeting the other day for a project that I won't say the name of, but hmm. there was this guy and he has, a, he has a huge house with this enormous, enormous yard, but he's north of 85th. And so he doesn't have any sidewalks mm. and and there's a, <clears throat> a couple young families on the street that are really pushing to get some pedestrian infrastructure because I mean for children and, and getting to school yeah and he said well I want a sidewalk but I don't want it on my side because I don't want it to be on my yard and I said well this is the public right-of-way right and he goes but I use it and I said yeah. so you don't want a sidewalk on your side because you want to use the public right of way for your own private uses. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he didn't <laughs> what, even, what? he didn't even like no, act like that. No, that was, no. he, he didn't even act like I caught it. And he just was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot Which of is weird. Replied, I want the sidewalk on my side, but so a lot of the businesses replied with that. Like when we would say, well, you know, you're using public parking to house cars, they would go, they'd get really flustered or whatever. So the main way that we tried to sort of argue with the misinformation and the, the weird, like they claimed that there was no pedestrian improvements for the, um, they literally like replaced every single sidewalk curb ramp. So, I mean, a lot of the stuff that they said was just outrageous. And so we did, we put booths up at community events. We like went door to door and did door hangers. We were available all the time. We um, hosted rides and walks. We hosted delegations from the city. They had the state um, reps come out and we had a meeting with them and um, just as um, as many ways as we could possibly think of to get like the actual information out. Yeah. And so we were kind of doing the PR job of SDOT, which was tricky. Um, they were awesome and, and, and were really, really helpful and provided us with facts and information and stuff like that. But um, 
we didn't have a budget. We didn't have like an actual organization. Like we would email each other and like, oh, who can show up and man a booth for three hours at a community event on Thursday? Yeah. And you know, so many people are like, well, crap, I got kids, I got this, I got that. So like whoever could show up did it. And then a lot of times we just um, hosted rides or community events to try to make show people that there's a lot of people in our community that don't have cars and it's not by choice the the number three people that ride their bikes to work are the people that make under fifteen thousand twenty five thousand and thirty five thousand dollars a year these are people that have to use bikes to get to work and we have them in our community and a lot of people just don't realize that um and then there are people we met a woman that's um disabled and so she she can't drive but she can drive an uh, e-bike okay and so bringing those people out into the community and having people be able to see that there are people who are not doing it because they're tech bros. Oh, did you uh, hear about the crazy tech bro tweet? No. Oh, the anti-safety group? Um, What did they say? They said, it was some, you could probably quote it exactly, but it was something like, Um, single mothers don't ride bikes, only tech bros ride bikes. And it went... They had to close down their Twitter feed. They had to shut down their... I I printed it out. I printed the tweet out. It's like 27 feet long. Oh, they just got... (laughs) If you look at the uh, Seattle Bicycle blog, they did an excellent article about it. It's so funny. And did all the... um, It will bring you great joy to look at Oh, yeah. Okay, Okay, good. (laughs) Another good thing about that, though, is we met a woman, and she lives up on, like, 80-something, and she drops her kids off at Bryan Elementary School, and then she goes downtown, and she does this all on a bike. She um, got divorced recently. She lives in her parents' basement and stuff like that like that and so it, we got to meet her and talk to her and she has to ride 35th every day she's got two kids on the back of a bike she's got a, and then she comes home from downtown picks up the kids and runs errands and then you know has to get home or whatever and so for her it was like an existential threat she'd been had so many close calls she got two kids on a bike with her so for her it was like she was very passionate and we still talk to her and stuff like that and she's just furious um when we uh, found out that somebody got hit on 75th and 35th la- uh, on Friday night, she was one of the first people to like make a comment about that and go like, mm-hmm. "This is horrible and atrocious and stuff like that," and so avoidable. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. What uh, what I'm finding interesting is that it's more of a, an interest-based kind of a, of, a, of an argument, almost on their half, where there's um, fear and anger kind of fueling what their uh, their um, kind of. Uh, drive, I guess, and whereas, um, and oh, sorry. So on top of that, too, you're using more of um, the locals in the community to really like you're doing rides, you're doing community meetings, putting up signs, trying to bring out information, providing it to people and the businesses. Um, and you're still there's still like um, I was reading that there a political action committee like was formed right so where they can actually like get money in and which would help them to do I don't know exactly what maybe well, they're fighting infrastructure yeah they're fighting infrastructure on East yeah. they're fighting um, they is this the same one yeah it's the same group they actually got in league with this guy John Russo he does Move LA and it, it's an organization down there that Steve. like tried to fight all bike lanes and he's he he's an engineer and so he had done a bunch of work in the past and so at some point they got some information from him so a lot of the tactics and stuff that they used for misinformation and confuse people and use opposite they had a 13 point paper that they presented that people from our group went onto their facebook page and just shredded like you know this is wrong this is wrong you misquoted this person they used a persona study for portland that encouraged was written to encourage bicycling or cycling um to prove that they, you know, people don't want cycling or whatever, just because they took certain excerpts out of it, I and see. so um, uh, 
know where I was going with that, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> but, so there was a lot of, there was even like money that was getting put into oh, going yeah. against. Oh, and yeah. they knew, well, they yeah. Just this neighborhood deal. We're very well connected, like the, um, one of them knows the mayor very personally. Right, um, right. And they were businesses. They have money and stuff like that. The problem with it for us is the, the businesses are great. Most of 35th is still residential, though. There's only certain parts that are really businesses. And then the other thing was those businesses are not always there. I mean, it's one of the reasons why they were caught off guard is because they didn't open their mail. They didn't answer the door when somebody showed up to talk to them about the safety improvements and that kind of stuff. And so for us, the people that live in the community, um, their kind of interference has been very frustrating. And they're the ones that put out this propaganda that got the people, a lot of the older people and a lot of people that just got the sound bites scared and worried and stuff like that. Because 2016, they came out and did the bicycle master plan. They had two public meetings. They did a huge survey. There was like literally no opposition to it. We were like, yes, this is awesome. It's going to finally happen. And we, you know, we'd already had the neighborhood grant in 2014. So things were really feeling like they were moving forward. And then they put out the information about the paving plan and it's like all of a sudden the businesses realized what was going to happen and woke up and they just you know went on a tear um and that's when they really moved into action and it was really last minute i mean one of the reasons honestly and it's not their fault that SDOT was so taken aback is they've been working on this with the community for almost a decade mm -hmm. and you know pedestrian and bicycles were the two big things that we wanted and when they went out and done stuff they walked the street they changed the plan for the um, bicycle lanes based on community input so they'd done like all their I don't know due diligence or whatever right. and so it just kind of felt like it came right out of left field when they um they started receiving all this opposition and even for us the people that had you know kind of nominally participated we're like where did this come from all of a sudden yeah 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 that's so um maybe you could talk about like the the process that you did that you went under with or that happened with SDOT the Department of Transportation or Mayor's office or whether there was a uh, like a consultant, like a community mediator kind of a role? So, so yeah, so what um, what happened was our group sort of had formed, had come together, right. and then the anti-safety people had their situation happening. And um, there was some, dis you know, public, sort of public discourse literally on, on the street. Like, mm -hmm. they would be standing on the street, and we would be standing on the street, and people would be yelling, or people would be talking, or what have you. Um, Chris mentioned we did a couple public events um, where they would have a table. It was so funny. Yeah, we did this one event. From each oh other. my gosh! They put them across from us, and it was just like little table, yeah. and they were just these like six grumpy old white people sitting there, like all frowny, and we had like literature, and they had like just they just wanted you to sign the petition. They had nothing. Oh, yeah. They didn't even have water. We had like <laughs> cupcakes with like pedestrians and bicycles and dogs, and we had like coloring books for the kids and crayons and posters, too. and like yeah. we yeah. had facts. We had information, and up. we weren't asking anyone to sign any petition. We were just giving them the facts, and I think that the council put them across from us just to be funny. But anyway, <laughs> so um, there had been a public, you know, a lot of public um, discussion. A particular person in our group um, was really in a lot. Of, two of them were really in communication a lot with Lorelai um, at Estot, um, and well, he's gone now. So doesn't Ahmed? He's gone now. But um, and so. That sort of was happening via email, some some coffee conversations. I actually wasn't really involved too much in those. And then I was down at the walk bike place in New Orleans in September. Oh yeah. Okay. And I'm sitting in the audience of a 
of a presentation, and a, a guy comes over that I was on the Seattle Design Commission with, and he sits next to me and he goes, so I hear you guys are going into mediation. And I was like, what? And he goes, I hear you going into mediation. And he like pulls up his phone and he has, you know, the SF Facebook feed or I don't know what he had on, and he holds mm -hmm. it up, and it was like safe, safe, going into mediation, fifteen thousand wow. dollars, whatever. Wow. And so fourteen thousand dollars. Yeah, I was like fourteen, and so really? then I, I was on the mediation team with some other yeah. people, but it was just, it was really funny because I was at Walk Bike Place. But it was really like Rob. <laughs> and I this learned is where you hear. at Walk Bike Place that the group is going into mediation. It was yeah. super funny. But it, a lot of that was Rob Johnson trying to figure out some way to like move things forward because they were super opposed and like we said it was there was never any kind of a dialogue um, when we would meet them because we would have a demonstration and they would have a counter demonstration we'd have an event like where we'd ride and of course they'd show up or whatever so there was inevitable like where the two t uh, sides would come together and debate and argue or whatever um, and it, when the state delegates came out it was a huge 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 thing there was some shoving and funny things like that but um, uh, raw it was really like you know some way to figure this out um, so that there's some sort of compromise right. in some way that they could appease. And the worst part about it really was Mayor Jenny Durkin just wouldn't make a decision. So we'd already had the plan. Rob, So Rob Johnson's basically like, okay, we've been doing this for a decade. We have the plan. We have the design. It's approved. Mm -hmm. It's permitted. Let's move forward. There's no facts. There's no information. There's no studies to indicate that this shouldn't happen. Right. Um, and so, so he money was, is secured. Yeah. It's already a part of the plan. Well, and it's yeah. part of the, you know, the... I, so what Seattle's doing right now with um, turning paving projects into like rechannelization efforts is really smart because you're going to repave yeah. it anyway. So yeah. why not fix the street and that kind of stuff? So it was really really smart. And um, a lot of people complained, oh, we just thought it was a paving project, but that's just because they just didn't read the, all the stuff that they were putting out about it. Um, so they kind of had to try to figure out some way to bring us all together. And with Mayor Jenny Durkin refusing to make any kind of decision and, and kind of tell us what was going to happen. Um, I think the only real way she could move forward or make it seem like she was move, moving forward was to have this mediation, which was supposed to bring us all together. But, I, you know, everyone was entrenched by this time. It had been a year of fighting about this. Right. So if she had just built the bike lanes when they, we were supposed to build the bike lanes, this probably would not have been all over the news every single you know week or month or whatever, and it would have died down. Vancouver just celebrated 10 years of the first time they put a bike lane in, mm -hmm. and their number of people that commute on bicycles doubled. There, there's no danger that the world didn't end and all that kind of stuff. So it would have been the same on 35th. It was really, really honestly Durkin not making any kind of a decision because she was afraid of what would happen, and then she knew they were sending her like a thousand letters a month, wow. you know, wow. and the businesses were constantly knocking on the door. And you have a lot of retired elderly people up there that were caught their sabers rattled and were, you know, really, really motivated. So, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, I wanted to say though, in, in, mm -hmm. with respect to that, the um, elderly, elderly and seniors. So my parents are seniors and they live in the neighborhood. They live okay. about 10 blocks off 35th, nine blocks off 35th and um, did bicycle in their younger years. And my mother still does. And what I think that, you know, my, my parents having come from a sort of a bicycling community have a little bit more, a little bit more keyed in, but if you um, don't have access to a vehicle and particularly all the boomers who are going to age, they're not going to be able to age where they are. They're not going to be able to age in place because they're not going to have the infrastructure to get anywhere because the sidewalks are crummy yeah. and the speeds of the cars are too quick 
and um, it's just not it's not going to be safe for them to navigate. And I think at the same time that we want to make a community where old and young can all walk together or bike together or use public transportation if they, if you know if you don't have a car, if you're under 16 or you know whatever. Um, at the same time that we're thinking about that, we're also getting these great opportunities for different kinds of bicycles, mm-hmm. ones that have, um, you know, supportive power, some that are just, you know, like recumbent or funny scooters. And so what I would love to see is a, is a complete network that the people who haven't been on a bike since they were 13 and are now 80 can say to themselves, oh, with just a little bit of money, I can get my butt on a, a you know, a scooter or a whatever, tricycle or, whatever. Yeah, or a yeah. bicycle or whatever, and feel safe and realize that by putting in infrastructure that allows people to walk and allows people to bike and improves public transportation, that's going to keep you in in your community that you love so much a lot longer. Right. And it's going to keep your neighbors safe. And so it it's it can be a little hard. You know, a lot of conversations we had. I said, have you have you guys? Oh, I don't even own a bike. I said, have you been on one of the line bikes? I would never get on one of those. They're dangerous. And I said. You know what, they're probably dangerous if you ride them wrong or you ride them in the wrong place, but they don't have to be. And I would encourage you to get your friends together and just ride down a sidewalk for, you know, it's it's Seattle Municipal Code allows cycles to be on sidewalks. So go ahead and try it on the sidewalk and do it where you feel safe. And you might get addicted. Right. And so, I, I don't know, I'm trying, I, I just want to put that out there that... It. Well, there was a lot of older people that were in full support oh, totally. of the improvements, too. A mm-hmm. lot of people, yeah. and they weren't cyclists, they weren't anything, yeah. but they'd done their research and realized that, I mean, safety improvements bring up property values. Like, when people's streets feel safe and nice and pretty, of course people want to live there and that kind of stuff. And we, the neighborhood we live into is extremely well-to-do, which is one of the reasons why they got the mayor's ear and all that kind of stuff. But like we said, there's still lots of people in our community that aren't, that, that are forced to use um, bikes and that kind of stuff. And for them, it's just like they have to have the um, improvements. And there were a lot of older people that they don't drive anymore, so they walk to the post office, and so they wanted things to be improved for them. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I find that um, that it's almost like going against their own interests, but also kind of fueled by the unknown of what's going to happen. And well, so some of them are just really smart. I mean, we know we can't build out of our growth. So at some point, we're going to be so car centric that it's, you know, gridlock is just, you, you know, you're not in traffic, you are traffic kind of a mm-hmm. thing. So they were thinking like, okay, so we have to figure out some way. And if I move people over to bikes, that's one less car on the road. So when I, as a person, have to run up to the pharmacy on my car because I, you know, older or whatever, that means this other person won't be on the road. They'll be on a bike or, you know, in their own lane and that kind of stuff. So um, I think a lot of it was just smart thinking and being, you know, still pragmatic and that kind of stuff, but also recognizing that um, when we make, when we implement these safety improvements, it's going to, it improves for more people than just like this one set group of people. Yeah. 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 It'll be, it'll be well, beneficial for everybody is, on the, yeah. in the neighborhood. And 35th is not the most important. I mean, Rainier Avenue needs safety improvements and mm-hmm. you know, there's so many places that need safety improvements more than 35th. But the fact that we'd moved it so far along and it had started as a community thing. I mean, again, the, the, when the community came together and did this vision for 35th, walking and cycling were the two main things that everybody was really, really focused trees, on. Trees actually, trees were a big one, but trees. There's, there's no room for trees. No. 
but that was one of the things people yeah but I mean it, it, so we all thought we were moving towards this common goal and then people just started getting scared and thinking like oh everything's going to change but things are going to have to change and we yeah. know that and last mile tech that everybody's coming uh, I think I mentioned that I went to the CES a couple uh, last year or whatever and all these companies are investing in last mile tech because more and more cities or more and more companies are moving to cities and more and more people don't want to have a car they want to, but they still want to zoom off to work you know it's a mile away yeah. jump on a scooter jump on a one wheeler or whatever yes. um, and so though all those people you know are changing the way that the city is and then there's the other group that are trying to hold it the way it is and um, that's sort of just the short-sighted version of the yeah yeah I can see I can understand uh, like trying to hold on to some part of Seattle that was like you know was still like really I don't know before the like the big tech boom that happened yeah. here within the last right, 10 yeah. years I understand that aspect of wanting to like preserve some type of a uh, neighborhood vibe or neighborhood um well, that was Whatever so, it is, yeah. Yeah, but, that was what's so funny about the vision. The white flight vibe? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> the, white, the white flight vibe that happened when... <laughs> no, but I mean, like, that's everyone what kind of... <laughs> they all move away. Yeah, in the, you know, in the... In yeah. the that's, I mean, Seattle, that's like when they moved north of 85th, it was like people didn't want urbanization, they didn't want mixing of races, and so it was just white flight, right, and everybody right. left their city. I mean, it's happened in a lot of cities, it happened in Seattle, too. Right, And right. I, I'm not saying that people who live in those communities now are trying to get away from people of color or something like that. I'm not saying that, but they have a very distinct big homes, big lots, places for your cars. You have multiple cars now. You can park them in your big wide streets. And, oh, yeah, and a lot of, and a I lot think of that's, um, houses on 35th have an alleyway behind oh, them, oh. which is what's so absurd. So you have protected parking and, you know, you have a place for your car, but you, they're so serious about still having that on-street parking. It's so crazy. That is. They could throw in private alleyway. Yeah. Well, that's another thing, too, is that bike lanes, um, whether you're, like, the well-off, it's saying, like, oh, it's going to bring in these folks that, you know, who bike, and I don't bike, and I don't want cyclists around. Yeah. Then there's the other side, too, where it's um, putting in bike lanes in, like, lower-income neighborhoods or neighborhoods that have a lot of people of color in them or um, with immigrant uh, populations as well. It's like, well, then that's going to, like, bring in people who cycle, and I don't cycle, too, and that's going to gentrify the neighborhood, too. So it's almost like... like because I'm more on the cycle lane, and is safety improvements, I think, is a big part of uh, what bicycle lanes are, uh, right. would do. So I think, like, um, knowing that that's going to be probably a big problem for a lot of people um, in any neighborhood, I think, going forward with uh, with bike lanes, there's, there's going to be, like, some kind of pushback, too. But it seems like this one was especially harsh and really yeah visceral and just bad and like name calling well, there was De craziness there was, like mm -hmm. they um they, they sabotaged someone sabotaged the um fourth parking study there was three parking studies that showed that we only use about 40 percent of our parking they tried to do a fourth one because the save people asked them to which was crazy um but someone sabotaged that then there was some um, fireworks in some construction sites and then the contractor heard about that had, one. Had, yeah Ryan told um, us about that one reported um, the contractor that is doing the repaving project uh, reported like tons of vitriol and stuff like that like, it, yeah they were like this is crazy we've never been on a site where somebody's like people drive by and swear at us and say horrible things to us or whatever yeah. that's when everybody thought the bike lanes were going in um, so it, yeah it just kind of got out of hand and a lot of that was stirred up by the businesses and their rhetoric and then I mean if you look at their Facebook feed some of the stuff they say about cyclists and, and other people is 
um, like downright really, offensive. Yeah, well, right. it's just disparaging, mm-hmm. and it's like a horrible way to look at another human being and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then um, Durkin, like, really honestly, like her silence and her like basically willing to put up with this and stuff like that yeah. like sort of enra- enabled them like oh now she we got her on the run and you I mean when you look at some of their newsletters and stuff that they talk about they're like you know we're winning we're doing this we're doing you know and so if she had made a decision and been a leader and, and stuff and shut them down early um, you know there wouldn't have been nearly as much opposition and then the fact that she didn't and she gave them what they wanted, now our street, the 35th, is even more dangerous because drivers are acting like idiots and like, you know, oh, we won the thing, you know, telling people to get off the road. I mean, they always did that, but it's like... Yeah, so that's what I, I wanted to point out is that it's not only the... So, <clears throat> so the road had a particular capacity to move people and you can't make the road wider. So you can't increase the capacity to move people in cars, right? right. It's got its capacity. It's a two-lane road. Right. And so the only way to increase the capacity is to give people other methods of transportation on mm-hmm. the road. That's how we're going to move more people in the same amount of space. And <clears throat> so it makes sense to install the infrastructure that allows the movement of more people in the same amount of space. Yeah. And they fought that, and we fought back, and and now there's the parking that they wanted is gone, and there's no safety improvements, and the lanes are wider, people are moving faster. Mm-hmm. And so the road is not only feels more unsafe, and, and I believe, and, I, and you know, in a, probably 12 to 18 months, we'll find out that it is actually more unsafe just because of the design. Right. But it's more unsafe because literally people, this is dead serious, people will threaten you with their car. I mean, it's crazy that, because now, now they, they see people who are on bicycles as like, Targets. It's yeah, and yeah. and as a as a that's the enemy. slow moving chick on a bike, and I'm kind of an old lady on a bike. Like I don't get a lot of people don't get mad at me a lot. I'm not. I don't fit the tech bro stereotype. My bike is a junker. You know, I don't have spandex or whatever. And on Thursday afternoon, when I was riding up 35th to my house, uh-huh. I'm riding in the lane, and a super dope late model BMW with an older man pulls up behind me and lays on the horn. Uh-huh. And I was like. Dude, I'm so slow. I can't go any faster. So I just sort of turned around and looked at him like, "What do you want me to do?" Yeah. What? Do you, yeah. I mean, there's no place for me to go. I've, right. And he, and I, and he sort of just didn't do anything. And then I just kept biking, and he kept behind me. And then I pulled off, and then he drove. I mean, I don't know what, what he was. I don't know. But that's what's really fearful to me because not only did they give us a road that seems to me to be less safe, but now they've made a. a small community of people that like truly hate you because you are well and a lot of that was on a bicycle um the weird i mean they would like hold their rallies or whatever and it was all opposed and so initially they put on everything that they wanted to save their parking they even produced a video and it's really (laughs) embarrassing and it's basically like talking about it just like nobody bikes and then a line bike goes by (laughs) And so, in the window behind her, it's and, so funny. No, during, during the whole video, I think three bikes go by, and you're like, "What?" And, um, <laughs> I didn't get through the whole video because I got mad. Yeah, and no, and but uh, what they, they literally say we're we're fighting for our survival, but they mean their businesses, not human beings. And then, um, uh, but they made this whole video about wanting to retain the parking, and then uh, sort of at the eleventh hour, they chose a plan that they'd already rejected a year before to put this center turn lane down down the middle. The problem with the center turn lane is it doesn't turn into anything for like huge swaths. Like it literally doesn't go anywhere. Like there's nothing to turn into or it turns into private people's parking lots, right? So the average car sits for 95% of its life 
just sitting there. It only is actually in use about 5% of the time. So you can imagine how often the, the center turn lanes used. Yeah. And so, of course, people are just zooming down it. The other day, I literally saw a guy go six blocks in it because why not? Like, I got to get up to this, you know, why wouldn't you? Yeah. And then we still, even with the amount of parking that they removed, have a ton of parking. So you see people driving down the parking lane until they can turn right into a business because why wouldn't you? So if you're a bicyclist and you're like in That's that so thing, it's, you're like, oh my God, there's somebody right behind me and mm-hmm. I didn't have it. I'm in a parking lane, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they, uh, certainly the, um, uh, rhetoric and the vitriol and that kind of stuff is spilled over and it definitely has become like an us versus them and I, personally I totally I blame that on Durkin and um, SDOT because they were told to and forced to but like Sam Zimbabwe told us that well you just take the lane well it's very difficult to take the lane right. when you're going 12 miles an hour and you have like a four ton vehicle bearing down on you behind yeah. you, you honking their horn or their engine yeah I mean and yeah. I, I had yeah. taken the lane for sure at the hill but because I didn't want to get doored, but um, mm-hmm. I was really surprised that I, I don't know, I was like, geez. Yeah. I, can I, one more thing I wanted to say yeah. that I think is really important for people to think about is that from a climate, I mean, this is really a climate concern as well, and I think that we tried to talk about that with mm-hmm. people, and we tried to talk about that with the, with the group that was fighting the safety improvements. And, um, An environmental and issue. Yeah, and I said, this is right. more than just safety about physical bodies on the street, it's safety about people trying to breathe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's if we're going to be a climate like friendly city or what right. I don't neutral city, um, and if we're going to meet the goals that our mayor yeah. supposedly wants to wants, meet, yeah. then we're going to have to make some changes. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that she is hella weak. She is so super weak, Jenny Durkin. You are weak sauce. The number one cause of pollution in Seattle is transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. And like, you, know. you can get a $7,500 tax break for buying an electric car. Right, right. Okay. Which still has like tires, I mean, <laughs> and batteries. Right. It's not like it's. I mean, it's. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't it, do emissions, it, at least. Well, it doesn't do emissions, but like the. The, the cost of production. Right. It's still it's, astronomical. It's like yeah. The amount of. of Tire metals and tire that we see in stormwater, mm. unreal. That is what's killing Puget Sound. And I got a seventy-five hundred dollars tax break to buy that car. I didn't yeah. get shit when I bought my bike. I didn't right. get yeah. shit. Right. right. And I can write off parking on my taxes. And I get shit for my bike. Yeah, right. we can't. I, I keep joking. I want to send my bike tubes for those, you know, street improvements because <laughs> I keep blowing tires. I'm like, well, she yeah. gets some kickback. Our, office, our office, office actually <laughs> gives you um, twenty bucks a month if you bike, which is cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And I think they give it to walker people, people who walk too. Excellent. That's great. And I want you know what? When you look at the number of people who commute by bike, so it's like something like right in Seattle right now it's somewhere between yeah, it's about 3% right now it, dro- it dropped off a little bit it was like 4 and then mm-hmm. came, it came down to 3 it's probably back up because the weather's been insane but um, you know we don't spend that on bicycle infrastructure less you know if 50% of the population doesn't walk to work but you would never say yeah. don't put in a sidewalk Yeah. Huh? don't put in a sidewalk it's like come on. Yeah. Well, New York City is only about 4% of the population in the United States, and but you'd be absurd to not pay attention to what's going on in New York City, right? So just right. because there's only 3 or 4% of the population that cycles to work in Seattle doesn't mean they should be disregarded completely. And then the other point we've always tried to make was that the safety improvements were about safety. And so it was about safety for all users, pedestrians, drivers, and cyclists, and mobility impaired people, and that kind of stuff. And they've done study after study after study that 75th in our own 
neighborhood saw a drop in collisions 45% when they put the bicycle lanes in. So we know that just adding that infrastructure in slows people down, improves collision rates. I mean, like all, or all sorts of factors. So it's not just about providing somewhere for cyclists, which is extremely important. It's mm-hmm. also that this, it works. Like it totally changes the, um, the infrastructure of the city. I ride down Dexter every day. Yes. Yeah, that thing is sweet, man. Like yeah. I love that. I was like, and you know, I'm not afraid of nothing. But then the next the thing I know, improvements I'm sh- too. Yeah. And I'm shot off. The next thing I know, it just ends and I'm uh-huh. shot off into nowhere. And you're like, this is scary as crap. I said, that's magic, right? Call yeah, it. Same. Yeah. It's magic bike lanes. They yeah. appear out of nowhere. Disappear oh, yeah. 65th has a little bit uh-huh. of that right now. You're like, it does. Oh, yeah. what happened? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. Well, I, I uh, work off Roy and it's awesome. Like, you know, there I am. I've got my little bicycle lane. I'm competing with traffic. And then it just ends. And you're like, okay. Yeah. What We're, now? Yes. And I think it's important actually also to say for people who don't maybe ride the city or don't commute or whatever they want to call themselves weekend warriors or whatever mm. their term is for themselves who say, Oh, you know, I don't ride downtown. I don't really need that is it's really important if we want to create a community, a safe community yeah. for people to age with bike lanes, people yeah. to be introduced as children. I mean, yeah. you know, That's true. some of the biggest, biggest contingent of bike riders in our city are people who are 13 years old. So we want to make a place for them. And so maybe you don't ride in Edmonds because it's really far away, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that you don't want to have infrastructure for people who do ride at Edmonds because it makes, gives you places to go and it, and it makes for a network that supports everybody. And, and we, we have heard and not particularly related to 35th, but um, some of the connected bicycle network, we did hear from cyclists that said, well, we don't care. We don't ever ride there. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. but just because you don't ride down East Lake Avenue doesn't mm-hmm. mean that your friend isn't going to. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, how often will we ride there more? Yeah, or it, would you the ride there, right? Whatever that kind you know, of costume movie is. When I started biking, I, I started looking at the Seattle Bike Network map. Oh, religiously. yeah. I like maps a lot. You yeah. know, I'm getting into it. And then, you know, I'm picking where I go based on this map because I want to feel supported and safe when I'm going to these businesses. And I remember when you lived in Wedgwood, Matthew, that I never mm-hmm. came to see you sorry buddy yeah that's okay well <laughs> I, I, did, I did come to see you but you no, know, the point is it's like it's, it's hard to get there from totally true Vancouver and yes. Portland saw um, a double the amount of people that were willing to bicycle after they put in the, the infrastructure mm-hmm. that they have and so when we had the um, Seattle squeeze that everyone was oh, scared yes. to death oh, of man. or whatever like the amount of people that ro- rode their bikes increased significantly oh and that made me furious Jenny Duncan, oh yeah she yeah. thanks motherfucker she, <laughs> that, she thanked Specifically, thanks cyclists. Yeah, and I was like, "Give us the place you ride, you asked hard." Yeah. yeah. I'm very angry at her. Yeah, thanks for uh, yeah mitigating all this uh, all this uh, hype that was coming around this. But um, that's yeah. about it. We'll just give you a shout out on the yeah, news. And was, yeah, she showed up at a climate um, uh, yeah, climate was, summit and said, you know, we got to figure out ways of getting people out of their cars. We got to you know bikes and and buses and that kind of stuff. And um, and then she's just done nothing. She's literally built a half a mile in the last year of bike lanes. And right. so we're so far off on what we're supposed to be getting. Right. But. Um, the, uh, and like, I'm sorry, SDOT, you have a lot of really great engineers. You hire really great engineering consultants. Yeah. Okay. You are designing the street, mm-hmm. not the random optometry store in Wedgwood that might have like one person that goes <laughs> in and buys glasses every eight years mm-hmm. and has a parking lot for like 20 oh, cars. We said like, that a lot. You yes. don't know anything about road design. Would you argue with the physician if a physician said you need to have your heart replaced? Like, no, the optometrist said that they're going to do it for me. Like, <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't. And it makes me mad. And Jenny Durkin did not support. And I know that SDOT, people at SDOT were feeling. Oh, yeah. We really worked with them. 
what is the word when you feel like sunken, like beat defeated down, defeated. Like and yeah. like when I was down at Walk Bike, I ran into some people from SDOT and they were feeling very defeated. And, and just to sit in those meetings when, you know, yeah. we found out via social media that they weren't doing their bike lanes, but then like 10 minutes later, we got invited to go to the mayor's office so that they could tell us again. Right. Well, they changed and the page. Of course, the mayor didn't before. come. But, uh-huh, but you know, Sam Zimbabwe was there. He was very nice. He just, you know, but that's where home. a lot of people found out was just through, so, uh, I was found out, we found out through media, social media. And just the straight up meetings that said, we're just going to, we're going to go with this, uh, the, the save, the save 35th. Uh, proposal, right? Right. And that was it. Uh, and well, it's interesting, was, too, because when that happened, I can't tell you, yeah. people contacted us and we're all like, wait, I thought we were getting bike lanes because they had no idea all this stuff was going on because SDOT's page literally said, and the emails that they were sending out still talked about bike lanes the week before they made this announcement. So yeah. people are all like, didn't get that engaged and because they, they were like... on their social media yeah. before like meeting with the two groups. Yeah, uh, well, that was so they, dumb. They apologized oh, for that or whatever, but... Um, they did, was they apologized for that. It was really... The, the, the staff is really, is really nice. I and I don't have any, um, you know, hard feelings for a thought or for the staff of the mayor. You know, they were really helpful when, when we were, you know, trying to get the bike lanes put together and gave us all sorts of facts. And, um, well, they, their they facts were are public, by the way. If anybody yeah. wants bike facts, I mean, any public. of us. Okay. But they were really, really helpful and really wonderful. And they were clearly pushing for it. I mean, like, but, you know. But the optometrist didn't want the bike lanes. Well, so so that's what we talked about several times, too, that's really interesting. Like, we don't build bridges based on public opinion. We don't build skyscrapers like, hey, what do you guys think of this? What do you you think it's structurally sound? So why in the world are we building bike or uh, drive lanes based on public opinion? It makes no sense. And exactly what we sort of made fun of happening has happened. Like, consensus built this road that's a total speedway. And, you know, we've had three cyclists uh, hit in... um, 22-year-old motorcycle. A motorcyclist was struck and killed. Um, And the the thing about it is, like, maybe he that still would have happened. But we know from several studies that these safety improvements that have taken place in Nickerson, Stone Way, Seventy Fifth, have improved and and saved lives and made um, safety improvements drastically reduced collisions and that kind of stuff. So um, I don't know. Right now, don't blame Estot. Estot's trying. We have some. Incredible. It sounds like it. Like the idea to do the implement the bike master plan in addition to what they were already doing. Whoever thought of that, shout out. That's smart. Yeah. Well, the whole bicycle master plan was brilliant. I mean, like they um, came to uh, um, our uh, community and gave us two meetings, listened to what people had to say, changed the, the. I think that's why we got one protected and one unprotected and then there was no, there was just going to be a Shero down on 55th because they listened to the community and went back and did what we asked for and then, you know, two years later everybody freaks out and doesn't want any bike lanes so, um, mm-hmm. yeah, they did their job. They did, they worked really, really hard I do think on they this. need more um, support for public outreach and for um, data collection, which Absolutely. they're working on getting. Yeah. Yeah. But I, these people also show up at these community meetings and just get their asses handed to them for doing their jobs and doing stuff that's mm-hmm. going to make your neighborhood safer. Right. And oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't believe these meetings we went to. And the people were behind us were just enraged. Like, these people were, like, you know, that was only Nazis like, or you know, something like that. after they found out. And no, and like, they, these people are just talking mm-hmm. about how they can make our neighborhood more safe. Yeah. And, the, yeah, they just got... The one guy I remember was just... He told this college kid that he wouldn't be around very much longer. Um, oh, so man. he didn't have a, any right to speak because the kid was like, I ride my bike to school every day and it would be really important to me to have 35th safe or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were just, you know, and I remember one of the meetings, the guy behind me said, I'm going to go give that lady a piece of my mind and all this, guy, you know, after the meeting was over and you're like, dude, calm down, you know? Right. Because we're all passionate about it, which is awesome. But then when that things turn out to, you know, 
where we're being threatening or like demeaning to other human beings and yeah. just because they're on a bicycle it just it starts getting insane i just want to be clear yeah. too that the public meetings where they showed up to yell were after like the improvements were like oh really they, like, didn't, they didn't go to any 2018. previous right wow. they didn't show they didn't go to any previous public meetings uh-huh. it was just like after the businesses put just up signs talking shit about our design yeah. it's like and, oh look and, at all that hard work you did i'm just gonna shit all over it yeah uh-huh. and in fact they the anti-safety group had a had a little meeting at the library or a you know where they wave signs at the public library on the corner mm-hmm. yeah. and um so i had a conversation with a guy very nice i mean very nice guy boeing engineer super nice guy I had a nice conversation with him um you know he was anti the safety improvements and i said did you go to the where do you live oh i live down in on hawthorne hills which is a neighborhood that's sort of in between bryant and kind of sandpoint way okay. it's in the community you would use those businesses probably if you lived in hawthorne yeah um it's also a well-to-do community and it's right on Sandpoint Way, kind of flank Sandpoint Way. And I said, did you go to the public meeting by SDOT for the Sandpoint Way improvements mm-hmm. yesterday? And he goes, no. No. Okay, so it's the first SDOT meeting. It's just collecting well, ideas for stuff that's going to happen in a decade. Yeah. Okay, You are right now in the throes of screaming about something that you didn't go to the public meetings for. And you're not making lot. the time. Mm-hmm. You're not making the time. Right. I mean, that's insane. I had yeah. an exchange with John Russo online. And um, it was awesome because... After they announced that they were they weren't going to do the safety improvements, he um, admitted that he hadn't looked at any of the studies or anything for 35th. So it was just like hilarious that he's this guy that's like, you know, um, promoting this and helping them with all this stuff. But he never looked at any of the engineering or any of the studies for the street that he's helping them protest. It was insane. Hmm. And that happened a lot. Whenever we'd have these conversations, when you would talk to people and say, have you looked at the plans? Have you, like, you know, looked into what they really have planned? Um, most of the time they said no. They just had heard whilst they were at the church or something like that that it was going to be bad and they should do something about it. Yeah. So uh, uh, before we wrap up here, something I found amazing was that uh, the whole, like, saving the, the parking spaces on there, um, even the alternative proposal plan now, Either plan, whether it was bike lanes or no bike lanes, there's no parking, doesn't matter. Right. Same parking amount, whether one or the other. And so that whole, like, uh, it's going to hurt businesses because you can't park in front of it, doesn't matter in the first place. Well, it was interesting because we went to, I went to one a couple weeks ago that was kind of a follow-up, like, community, let's hear what you have. And there was a crowd out in front that were like, we're, we're really pissed. They were like, we still lost our parking. You guys promised we wouldn't lose our parking. So there is a group of people that, you know, say, say are 35th still from on that. 35th. You know, um, they, they're really, really upset about it. But for the most part, no. I mean, they made this whole video and all this stuff about, like, it's and, you know, our survival and stuff. But when it came down to it, it was really they just didn't want bike lanes. One of the owners of one of the businesses, two days after um, a woman was hit on 70th and 35th, um, about a block from her business, was on like Como News or something, and she literally said, I'm just glad that they didn't put bike lanes in. And that was her soundbite. And you're like, what? Wow. Like, somebody just got hurt, and it wouldn't have hurt you. It wouldn't have done anything. I mean, oh, just After they announced it, Jordan Royer said, it's nice to see a win for cars. And it's like, uh. What? That's like being like, it's nice to see a win for white guys. I mean, it's like, we have a history of wins for cars. We need some wins for pedestrians and wins for the environment and wins for people who ride bikes. Yep, true, true. So um, (laughs) knowing that this, knowing that it's already been paved over, um, um, uh, the mayor and SDOT had recognized that there needs to be more safety improvements going on right now. What do you think in the short term or long term moving forward? What do you think that there will be more safety improvements or how would that go about? And then also in the future, like when there's more plans that are coming up, because more, more plans are going to be coming up throughout the city, throughout the years. Um, 
how does one like ensure that what was planned is actually going to happen? Like, does there have to be like a mandate, my mandate that comes from like the council, that or from well, the people that say whatever's whatever's planned needs to be implemented? The city council is supposed to be in charge of our transportation. So Mike O'Brien and Sally Bagshaw have been the ones that have been pushing back on this and um, have said it publicly they don't think it's way that it is now was working. Um, uh, I think, yeah, they changed the speed limit to 25, and they put out some, some um, patrol cops, and then they've put in more cross um, walks that are lit up or whatever. Mm-hmm. The problem with it is we know that people will pay attention to the speed limit signs for about two weeks after they're put up, and then mm-hmm. they're like, whatever, yeah. I'm going to go whatever speed I want to. There was a guy online that admitted he'd gone between 5 and 50 miles per hour on 35th at various times during <laughs> his life. And so, yeah, going 50 yeah. miles an hour on 35th is insane. Um, yes. But uh, I honestly think the only way way that we're going to get what we want is it when Durkin's no longer the mayor. We need somebody that's going to have some vision and some leadership and is going to have to make some hard decisions. The problem that we have now is we have leaders that aren't gonna, don't want to lead. Mm-hmm. We lost Rob Johnson because he got sick of all this crap and stuff like that. I mean, like, the guy heard from the community and tried to implement it and when he heard from businesses tried to like push back or whatever he stood his ground and then you know now he's i would go too i mean he had the man received death threats and stuff like that and people were just mean to him and we went to so many of those things and they didn't talk to him they yelled at him and who wants to go into public service if you're going to be treated that way but Mm -hmm. honestly like we have to start electing people that are going to make really make decisions about housing about transportation that that are going to improve our city because right now we've got like the status quo we have these fake um progressive people that'll talk the talk and then when it comes down to it they don't do anything and that's the way that mayor durkin is she will she will go on the you know a community thing and talk about getting people out of their cars but then her legislation and her her policies are the exact opposite so it's the only way things are going to change and i think things can change for 35th um in the future i mean it's ready like rob johnson said it's just striping yeah it's really not that expensive to stripe a city the paving's done so hopefully that you know in the future and hopefully it's not because some too many people get hurt i do think though like say for for cyclists and walkers and even people who drive people in cars to just like pay attention Mm -hmm. um not only when you're driving and biking but to pay Mm -hmm. attention about the politics pay attention to stock okay when when there's uh surveys take them Mm -hmm. you know at the community events at the fremont sunday market or the west seattle market or whatever you know there's typically an SDOT table there and they'll give you a keychain and ask questions and okay. give ideas and um, try to stay engaged. It's actually really, it's really gratifying to, to get involved. And so, and it doesn't take much time and doesn't take any money to give yeah. your, to give your input. So just, um, yeah. And so it I, does affect the city, obviously. Right. So, yeah. It has real effect. They, we can, we can, attest the other, <laughs> you can attest to that. Yeah. yeah. And I also really, think it's really, really great if community people do what, um, the safe 35th people did like try to stand up and 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 it's your community so you got to fight for it or some you know people are going to steamroll right over you mm-hmm. so like get together it didn't cost us that much money it just cost us some time but it was still kind of fun we met some wonderful amazing people that we would have never had a chance to get to know we all still talk and stuff like that um so there's a it's a wonderful opportunity just to get to know people in your community and do a positive impact we didn't get what we wanted but i mean like um, we still, like, there's not an article that's written about transportation in Seattle now that doesn't at some point bring up 35th Avenue, and that's mm-hmm. all this work that this small little group did. I mean, it's like 200 people. That's it. Right. So there is a chance to do stuff, and we could have won. If we had a different type of leader, We, you know, 
who yeah. listened to the science and then thought about like what it would do in the future and that kind of stuff, we would have got what we what we we, need, we deserved. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to thank both of you for being here yeah, and for all you. the work that you do for your community and for just the safety of others around you, including yourselves. But I you know, you your neighborhood. Us to talk for an hour about bikes. <laughs> oh, we <laughs> love this. Yeah, this is great. And uh, we'll we'll stay connected because uh, there's still a lot of work to be done up there, and there's uh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of nice community groups that have reached out to us about like what worked for us and what didn't. So I think there's just a chance for us, you know, there's all sorts of good change that could happen. So I believe so too. All right. Thank you, Chris, and thank you, Lolly. Thank you. For both being on here. We'll turn on the AC. It's yeah. hot in here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Wow. Thank you both. Yeah. You edit that, right? Oh yeah. I was gonna say I'm gonna take out me calling Jenny Jerk and Weeks house because I have a job that I work for sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> then also the part where I go, I don't know where I was going with it. Ha, 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 ha.